Good afternoon, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Morna, and my co-host, Aiden. How's it, guys? Uh, a big dent in our top four races, a race with a result against Everton on Sunday. You know, as much as I, I went into the Everton game with, with a positive mindset, you know, deep down, I don't know if, it, if some listeners felt the same, or even you, but I mean, I think deep down, somehow I thought this was going to actually be the game where we're going to come unstuck. Because so, I just think, you know, we were on such a roll, especially everybody was hyping up the home form. We were trying to kind of play down the, you know, that, that rut that we in and, uh, like away from home. But I think, you know, everything uh, hit home last, uh, last week with that, with that game against Everton. For me, I actually thought that this Arsenal were going to be angry seeing that uh, United dropped points against Wolves in the week. And I think was it, we, we had a chance to actually build on the gap we had and we just threw it away. I was actually disbelieved in the performance we had. Not necessarily maybe even the result, but the, the performance didn't show any urgency to actually show that we wanted to end in the third or fourth place. And I mean, we went now into this match with no Kossielny and no Xhaka, as well as Torreira's final game of his three-match ban, also that he had to sit out. So in the warm-up, uh, Michael Keane withdrew from the uh, Everton squad due to, I think, some virus that he had, and full Jagielka to you now step in, you know, almost like last minute, because he's become almost like a more peripheral figure at, the, at, Everton, at Everton these days, so... I was actually thinking to myself at, at that point, you know, of the game, you know, things look a bit upbeat. I still recall WhatsApping you at that point, telling you, look, they got one of the, the main centre backs out. So this could be almost like kind of open season on them. And then whatever his name was, that got the injury as well, slight injury to his ankle as well. And then we thought, you know, if we're going to run it, everything is going to be open season as mm-hmm. well. And I would say that, like the game kicks off, Arsenal have an early chance, which Jaglielka snuffs out for a corner. I think it was about the first, first or second minute. And then for me, like, you know, we're thinking over the course of the game, that was almost like partially it was really our, you know, good chance that we had at goal. Because yeah, that's true. Everton then took the lead from a throw in from uh, Digne. But I mean, it reminded me very much of, you know, the, almost like brought up all that haunting memories of the stuff <laughs> or read the lap. Because it took like one long throw, a flick on, which caused total confusion in our back four. And I mean, I'm, I'm, the midfielder's also bobbing around in the box. I mean, the ball then breaks to, I think, uh, the ball gets flicked out a few times. The ball then loops up in the air, bounces off the static Kolasinac. The ball, I think, hits him on the shins. And then, of course, it's uh, rolls across the ground into the path of Chagrelka and he smashes home. You know, it was like a hero's type of entrance into the game. 1-0 Everton. I was in disbelief. A guy that's come out of nowhere scores against Arsenal. But it's always typical. The most unexpected person comes in and causes havoc against Arsenal. And I mean, for me, after that, I thought, you know, maybe we were going to wake up. But as we'll probably go along, that didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, for me, as I, I think I just uh, noted down here, yeah, you know, what followed was almost like the most toothless Arsenal, you know, attempt at getting something out of a game. Because almost like Everton uh, resorted into a point of, uh, you know, moving the ball forward. Look, I'm not going to try to criticise them. Look, I'm not saying 
teenagers are just bend over and bow down to us, you know, like allow us to beat them. But I mean, you can see that, uh, that Marco Silva had a plan, and I mean, that was part of his plan, eating this long ball, because I think it was like added up to our frustration, because look, we're already chasing the game, and now we get into a point where uh, you have to almost like, uh, you know, we tried to play it was like intricate football, and the more intricate we were trying to be, they would just belt the ball upfield when they, you know, when the ball breaks loose. With it. So, added to the frustration, I think the, the almost like our away fans were almost like loud and booming. They were almost like, you know, it was like starting, as you said, starting to silence that thing where you just don't know what is no, no, going wrong and how we're going to correct this whole thing. And For me, I think starting Mikitarian, sorry, Mikitarian, Mikitarian, and Uzel in a game of this nature of where you need the players to fight, I think was like the incorrect decision of Una Emre. I think also uh, that El Nene's inclusion almost like left us also kind of lost at times in the game. Because he's, uh, I don't know if, if he's like in a sort of lull in his career not Arsenal, knowing, look, he's also probably on the top of the list now, you know, one of the exits for the summer. So you're just seeing him that going through the motions, but I mean, when you need him to now put in a real shift, because I, I was really, like, I mean, sometimes I do keep my hopes up that, you know, you can do something or, you know, a bit of turn of magic or, or add some quality, whether it's holding the ball or shielding, you know, shielding the defense, holding the ball in midfield. But it's like he kept on losing the ball. He kept on making like aimless little passes or, you know, knocking the ball back to our half. And I mean, especially away from home now, I felt uh, the like a back four would have been better suited now with regard to Arsenal now, because... I just think this three-five-two has left us almost like very vulnerable away from home because you you got now the the three uh, centre backs playing uh, you know holding up the defensive line. We've got the two wing backs pushing up, but of course we were playing now a team where people like Seamus Coleman uh, and um, I forgot the list. Oh, Adina. They all they were doing was just belting the ball forward for that Calvin Lewin guy and and. Um, was the other one that was bombing forward also for the other flank? Because as long as they kept on getting that that little pockets that we were always like, open. Right? Yeah, Richardson. So I mean that kept on that the channels left and right channel. Because I mean at that one point I was uh, I was telling uh, I don't know if I messaged you about it or I think like after the game where I was saying something like, you know, this is the type of game where they almost like exposed Montreal for his age. Because yeah, every I mean. The minute you saw, like, they would hit the balls at pass, a nacho on the right. And by the time he's watching the ball on the right, somebody's bombing down on his left leg. So he does not know what, and nobody's giving him a shout either. Because at times, I think that's also one of the biggest flaws in our game, in like a general thing, you know. We, they don't give the shout. That's why you have, uh, just to hop on previous games, where you had people like Xhaka getting caught on the ball, like with his back to, to his opponent. And him getting closed down, it, uh, it happened to with Dozy also a few times. That time it even led to a goal in one of that. Then it was a Europa League game or a league game where also dallying on, dally dallying on the ball and getting caught in position. And, and you know, there's nothing you can really do. You're trying to track back, but then you, know, I mean, you don't really have the turn of pace now to catch up. So, yeah, that's it. Everton midfielders were, you know, doing their bit, scrappy in midfield. I mean, you had people like Bernard, who's quite a creative midfielder. He was, you know, getting stuck in with. 50-50 tackles, not being scared, you know, to, you know, having to track back. Because I think all of them, even the, the attacking players of Everton, I think that is where also part of it where they won the game, if you, if I can put it like that. Because they, the flair players were also willing to do the, the dirty work at the back. I don't know how, I mean, how you saw it. 
Yeah, I, I saw the same thing. I saw also an Arsenal team that didn't come in with any energy, any intensity. They were second to all 50-50s. So it, it just said a lot about, you know, how, how sometimes flair players also get lost in the games like this. That's, like, that's, why, I, that's why I said having Mkhitaryan and Ozil in the same team at the, uh, in a game of this stature and, you know, the type of performance Everton would give, it didn't really work out. You needed battlers in this kind of game. Yes, I mean, like, look at Ozil, I think, as you said, Mkhitaryan and El You know, they were all out-muscled because, I mean, every time I was expecting a more, you know, a physical edge to it. And I think that is the thing where, where <clears throat> you know, when you, it was like, uh, what's the word now? Where you almost like, you, you, you now almost like appreciate, you know, people like, say, Xhaka or yeah. you appreciate somebody like Kosialny or something like that because you had no nonsense. Place. Even Torreira, I think we also missed that. I love a lot. Just for that, you know, being on top of the opponent because it got to a point also, like when we were getting frustrated with that long ball thing where, after a while, we were suddenly they back off, and all of a sudden, the creative players had now a bit more time to dictate. Like, I mean, that, uh, that um, Sigurdsson, there was a point that I think that, uh, even midway in the first half where he could actually stop on the ball and start looking where he could pick up people because we were just not closing down anybody. And that's the problem. I mean, our, our waveform has been really bad. So, why not, you know, try to start the game strong? Maybe come at them, close players down. Just just show something that you in, uh, show intent that you actually know what you're coming here for the points, not backing off and allowing the team to bully us. And like you mentioned, why didn't we go with a back four? Because we did that against Spurs at Wembley and clearly at work, we frustrated them. And I mean, we could have done this again. I don't see why we need to change just because it's Everton. If we can approach it like we've been approaching our other big games, we would have actually, I think, done well in this game. And I mean, like, we ended up like, going in our half-time one nil down, and then Emery decided now to go almost like back to the way we saw how he was doing in the first quarter of the season where he was making drastic changes even after half-time. And then, I mean, on came um, Aaron Ramsey for El Nini, and Aubameyang um, came then on for Colasina, who was also like, adding to the fact that we were always being caught out because he was also not giving... Uh, you know, real protection to Montreal because every time I, I don't know if you also recall in the game, there were numerous times where I saw Nacho giving him a shot, like, you know, you have to come help me because like we're being overrun here at the back. And you keep, because like, every time you would be almost like caught up in the other half instead of trying to help. And that is, I think that is one of the biggest flaws. And I think that is why Arsenal are looking also at the left back for, 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 uh, for the summer also. Just for somebody, because I told you that, that Ajax youngster, I forgot his name now, I mentioned to you, at left back. He's the one also targeted there, maybe as a possible replacement there. As a, either we pr probably keep Kolasinac as a wing back or a winger. But I mean, I think we do need somebody with more discipline. You know, because look, Nacho in his prime was ace at, at, at uh, left back. But I mean, now we don't really have that, because Nacho don't have the legs really these days, and we, and then the, Alternative Colosinac, he's more attack minded, so he's not doing that much to help out at the back. Yeah, I think Colosinac won't be much of use in the back four. I think we'll be exposed heavily. So, the best thing I can think of, you know, maybe trying away from homies, maybe you play a back four, but then you play Montreal and then you play Colosinac in front of him. So, you kind of have like some solidity and it allows Colosinac also a bit more freedom to bomb forward and you can maybe tell Raka or Torreira to cover that gap when he bombs forward. 
And I mean, on 84, I'm sorry, on 48 minutes, almost an immediate impact with Aaron Rams, you know, being in the, in the, involved in the game. Uh, uh, Jordan Pickford punched the ball straight at Ramsey and the Welshman. Of course, skies the ball, you know, with a keeper stranded in no man's land. So, I mean, again, a golden opportunity was fluffed. Uh, 52 minutes, again, another chance for Ramsey this time. He slices his goalbound goal effort away from goal. You know, a cooler headed was needed now, you know, with uh, that type of cutthroat chances that you need to take in these tight away games. On the yeah, hour, his also, chances were for far and few between. Yeah, and on the hour, as also start to chase the equaliser, we were now starting to, you know, leave more and more spaces. You know, the game started getting more open. So, of course, people like your Bernards and your uh, Sigurdsson, they started having even more, you know, could be even more adventurous now going forward. And I think Leno had to pull off quite a few stops, you know, going midway and late in the, in the second half. I think, I think Leno was actually one of the guys in this game that can actually put his hand up and said, I've done, I did, I did my all in this game. And I mean, Arsenal were not trying, trying. Yeah, Arsenal were not trying to dominate. But, you know, leaving themselves, as I mentioned before, opening place, and then Leno pulled off again another save from Sigurdsson. But, you know, it was actually worrying how even those little chances that you saw Everton getting those half chances, it was every time they were unmarked. I mean, we were, you know, defending with a full set, set at the back, and, and, and some of the guys were tracking back. back. But every time the ball gets, you know, uh, they had no goal-bound chances, those guys were always having, you know, but I think with Sigurdsson, he even had a chance to put it left or right of the keeper. I think he would have scored. I think he ended up just smashing it straight at, at um, Leno. So, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's, you know, what they would say, alarm bells ringing with it, the sort of defending we've been pulling out now the last few games. I mean, some games we were now also riding our luck, you know, even with clean sheets and that we're riding our luck. But, I mean, this one is like it was the type of game that broke the camel's back and this is where we now finally got exposed. I think if Everton wanted to, they could have made it four or five nil. No, like they actually were carving us open too easy. I mean, this was one game where we weren't making mistakes on the ball, gifting the opponents goals, but actually we were defending so badly that we were being cut open all the time. And I mean, you had people like uh, I recall also there was a moment where uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned it to you where I said, I mean, when I saw this, uh, you know, the way Emily was ringing the changes, I would have actually taken off. You know, Mkhitaryan, because he was at times allowing people to run past him. We, you know, like 50-50s, he was pulling out and jumping over. Whereas, you know, Everton was just going straight through and get winning the ball. You know, you know, you know, the, the, the balls to the wall type of tackles. And and I mean, they were showing. You know, they were playing with way more heart than we were. Because I think I just think a lot of them just did not show what we wanted to. You know, which is hard. And I mean, with with regards to the whole game now, as we're now wrapping this thing up slowly. Uh, the, I think the game could have gone on for another half, and I think we still would not have scored a goal. It was, I don't know, there was just nothing really of note that, you know, attack-wise that we were now doing in the game. Because, I mean, even with all that attacking prowess that we had on the field, there was just nothing coming. And that's worrying for me because we have two big away games coming up for us, which is, for me, season-defining, actually. And, I mean, I just want to now note, I just dotted a few uh, pointers here. I just want to read out. The, with, with regard to the Everton match, accurate passes in the opposition of Everton 185, Arsenal 159. This is now accurate passes in your own half, Everton 114, 
Arsenal 2.52. So, you know, there's already telling you we were doing more of the knocking about, not knowing the direction to really go. And Everton were not wanting to keep the ball much in the off. They just wanted to get it into the opponent's off. And I mean, with regard to big chances, Everton 4, Arsenal 0. You know, that kind of seasonal oh, yeah. this part of the court. That's quite embarrassing, actually, that a team that's chasing top four couldn't make a single chance compared to a team whose season, quite frankly, is finished, actually. Yeah. Everton's maybe chasing a European spot for Europa League, but other than that, they're not playing for much. And they, they gave that performance against Arsenal. You would have said, our season's yeah. over, and they're playing for Europa League um, quarterfinals and uh, a top four spot. And I mean, I think what was boring for me was also, you know, when you look at the, the squads that were not put out, I was actually expecting, as you, I think you said in the beginning uh, of the podcast, you thought now that momentum after the, the game against Newcastle, that momentum would not kick on, you know, uh, as we now go on to, you know, bigger. I was like, look, every game is going to get bigger and bigger as we're winding the season now down. But you just saw no fire or fight in the team. So we draw a, a line now there. We switch our attention to the Europa League quarterfinal game against Napoli at the Emirates. Um, Gunners wanted their reaction after the Everton defeat. And I mean, in came key, our cupkeeper check. Kosioni uh, was now back from injury. Torreira, you know, would have been playing anyway. So Ramsey and Aubameyang also came in. Um, also started the game like a house on fire, fastly passing, high, intense pressure. What was your take on the game? Oh, it was, it was the type of performance you would have wanted in a, in a game of this magnitude. We've seen many times before Arsenal playing a big game and they collapse and they just are stage fright, show stage fright. But we picked ourselves up nicely. We were up for it. We were winning everything. It's kind of the way I would have wanted us to also start at Everton. We were going in for all tackles, winning everything. The commentator even mentioned, like, um, it's Napoli are all over the place. They have no clue of what's happening because Arsenal were that much in their faces. And I mean, the high pressure game was something you could, you know, clearly see. Napoli players yes. couldn't really move with it. And I mean, I think on seven minutes, the first clear cut chance for Arsenal, Ramsey gets shot away. A good block by Koulibaly. The rebound and falls to Maitland Niles. Again, he fires at, at goal. Again, Koulibaly with a block. Um, Napoli then partially wake up as Alan. Uh, picks out, I think, uh, Zyglinski, who sees his cross came in that insignia, but because uh, he only cleared the ball before he had the chance now to, you know, attack the ball. On 14 minutes, finally the breakthrough. Great build-up play by Arsenal, and um, was it? Enzo uh, Maitland-Niles picked up the ball, plays it to Ozil, who first sees his path block, and then he goes on this little circular run, and then, of course, plays the ball in immediately to I think it was Lacazette. So it was a quick slip passing between. Oh, yeah, it was a one, one, two pass with Ramsey. And then, of course, he fired at that Lacazette. I think Lacazette then played in Maitland Niles. And I mean, some fantastic footwork by the young Englishman because I think he just, as he was falling backwards, he almost like teed up Ramsey already with a, you know, with a little, little quick footwork. And I mean, it was like just, it was a perfect invite to Ramsey for him to just guide the ball past the keeper, Alex Murray. For me, that, that started off just how we wanted, you know, put pressure on Napoli. And for me, the season, the way Arsenal's been playing is you could bet your house on them and they were going to show up and win the game. But for, for me, Adam Ramsey showed great composure as well. 
to to start yeah, in the bottom corner. I'm also enjoying is, you know, as, as oh, I mean, most of us are heavy hearted, knowing you know he's gonna leave, but you know, it's actually such a breath of fresh air to see somebody, you know, with one foot out of the door, but he's still you know giving his all for the badge, you know, at the moment. So he's doing his all for for the club to you know get us in you know a best situation as he can or what he can still offer while he's at the club. Um, I mean, straight from the restart, Arsenal started pressing in the tech, uh, Napoli losing position time after time. On 25 minutes, 2 0 Arsenal, Fabian loses position to Torreira. Uh, Uruguay then bursts through at the Napoli goal. He then checks back with a drag back and then fires in with a left foot. Kolibali attempts again another block, though this time the ball deflects off his knee and it sends Mare the wrong. Way also were flying two knots. Yeah, I was shocked. I didn't notice the red at first. I thought it was a Ramsey. I also thought, oh, the commentator made a, a mistake because the way he got the ball and like cut into that guy with that composure as well. I was shocked and I realized, yo, we really did miss this guy. I think he that is where he actually surprises most of us fans because you take him as this little Terry in midfield that's you know snuffing out uh, opponents' attacks getting in little tackles. And, and I mean, I think what is for me a joy when I watch him play, it's like, you know, when, when a player, especially when you have these, these Europa League ties, you look, you have the contrast of leagues and you can see somebody from, from say, Napoli. Now they think, look, we're going to have two, three touches on the ball. By the time they get that first touch, he's already on their ankles, on the heels, or in front of them trying to, you know, snuff them off the wall. And I mean, I, I think he's a, uh, for me, he's a joy to watch. I think he could be actually like one of our players of the season, if not the player of the season for Arsenal. Because yeah, I think with him, you can actually count on your your one end. How many performances now? You know, like in inverted commas, not turned up. But other than that, he plays. You know, with his sword on his sleeve, and I, I mean, I think that's why he's become almost like an instant eat with most of the Gunners. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. And then twenty six minutes in, we get the corner. Where the ball goes to Kalasinac and he teases up nicely for Aubameyang who tries, you know, those one uh, finesse for those who play FIFA, the, was it the R1 and uh, circle finish to try to curl it into the um, the corner, but uh, Merit gets his hands to it. But for me, I think we, that should have been 3 0. It was a good chance and a lot of space on the, in the inside the box. I mean, I think uh, we fluffed a lot of chances in it. There was, I think, a, a period, I think, 30, 35 or 40 minutes where he, like, a lot of us, I think, uh, Aubameyang fluffed about yes. two luckers it fluffed on. Because uh, um, he also had a, you know, a, if he had not put an extra j- jump into the, I think you could have also planted a good header at goal. But, you know, these little chances, I mean, look, we still have other parts to discuss in the game. But, you know, for the first half alone, we should have probably been way out of sight. Definitely, and and knowing our waveform at the moment, I think Arsenal should have tried to press home that advantage to get that almost like a buffer, that third goal. Because I don't want to go too far ahead, but I mean, if Napoli get an early goal in Naples, do we stick with two us? Do we defend or try to get the away goal? So we almost like we will get there like at the end of the game, but we almost like put ourselves in a troublesome position. Because of the the um, lackluster finishing, I mean, there were there were moments in also like the first half. Look, the now regular thing happened also again on forty five minutes. Yeah, long ball over the top, 
pulls the whole defense on the heels. Callahan bursts down the right hand flank, picks out Insignia, who then unchallenged again skies the ball over the, the bar. And I mean, how much of a warning do you need? I mean, that's, uh, you've seen Insignia when he plays, you've seen Callahan when he plays, whether it's Serie A or in Europe. They are of two of the like, you know tricky customs, and if you're not if you're going to give them the freedom of like they say the Emirates, I mean they're going to pick you off when they can. And I mean for me it was already a game where we were dominating, so why allow ourselves to be you know you know pulled around again? And I mean where's the focus that you need, especially last five minutes of a match to you know see yourself out to often? But we we've been speaking about this till we were blowing our faces. We've recalled yeah. how many goals Arsenal have conceded before half-time, and it, it seems like it's not being addressed. I don't know if Emre and them is not picking this up, because surely if you know that this has been your Achilles heel, so now when it's that time, you even as a coach must maybe start shouting at the guys, focus, focus, focus. There's like two minutes left till half-time. And I mean, like second half, Napoli could now clearly see one more organized. That talking to that, that Ancelotti probably gave him also was probably a kick up the backside that they needed. In a game that, I mean, look, first off, they were like, almost like second best at most things for the majority of the first half. So, I mean, of course, only problem thing was now being over adventurous as Arsenal offside trip kept on keeping people like Insignia and, and um, what was it? What's it? Mertens. Zelensky. Oh. Yeah, they were probably also getting. Yeah, Mertens was also a few times called offside, but, you know, was, the offside trap so far was working and helping us out kind of. And then <clears throat> on 53 minutes, Koulibaly sees his goalbound effort being tipped over just by Peter Cech. I mean, it was a fine save. Um, Arsenal now started to sit back more, which was making me worry. Whereas Napoli now, of course, grew in confidence and seeing us just sitting deeper and deeper. And, you know, your, your, your ball players were almost like getting more restricted of the ball. So that was like, you were almost like losing touch with what was happening, you know, in-game. And I was like, personally, my mindset was thinking something like Ozil was like, looking a bit tired. Because look, Ozil was giving, <coughs> excuse me, he was playing his butt off in the in the first half. But second half, it seems now with, with him more organized, they almost like knew to starve him somewhat of the ball. So, you know, he became almost like ineffective in that second half. Do you know, um, I wanted to bring up, um, it's evident seemed to have been using it at Napoli a lot. Did, like, did, did you see they were trying to actually just play that one long ball over the top? I don't know if it's something that teams have been starting to pick up about Arsenal that they struggle with the long ball, but Napoli were consistently trying it. Luckily, our offside trap was on point. Otherwise, you know, we could have been in the same situation that we were against Everton. Now, look, I just want to tell you something. Look, I did not discuss with you before and what we're going to talk about, and that is actually what I've jotted down yeah. in my point of view. <laughs> my apologies for that. Oh, it's not a problem. But, uh, I mean, that's not what I want to say. You know, there's now two games now that you've not seen this error, you know, being exposed in a like, bad, quite badly. And, I mean, if Emery doesn't sort this problem out with you now in the end of the season, it could be a heartbreak on two fronts for us. Because, look, you know, like even coming, of course, we're not still getting to that. But... You know, this is probably going to be roughly the thing that Watford's going to do. This is probably roughly the thing that Napoli will do. And I think even when we play at home, I think we've got Palace at home, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, Palace at home. Yeah, and 
that is also going to be something where they're going to probably have their runners now go at us because we're like not not worry really about the, the midfield probably flooded and other than that they're probably going to use other people just to bomb the ball forward um we simply just to open and vulnerable and see this is something our defenders uh, you know, I think a top defender normally susses out that early. You know, you your, your, say your Virgil, and look, I'm not saying Virgil and Dyke is a worldie, but I mean, he knows, like, <clears throat> for the majority of the season, he knows how to read the game. And you have people also, like, if you look at, at, at some like some, uh, like Man City, they also have people in their defense, like, even somebody like, um, was it the Dell? What's that guy? That, 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 the guy from, from Man City, that one that they bought also, not besides John Stones, that other one, I think he's no, from Spain or something the, like that. Laporte. Laporte, sorry, yeah. He's another one, like, he reads, the, like, the way they, the, the sort of plays you can see, <clears throat> of course, I'm normally the one normally teasing when I say, oh, yeah, look at how much he paid for this, in the back, that, send the back. But you can actually see why they cost that price, because these are the type of guys that can actually take, like, you know, like sole leadership of a game if things are not going the right way. And I think that is where our players are looking at, even like some like Koscielny or, or some of the soccer, not always soccer, but since he's always playing his uh, ass off for us. But I mean, like you have some like Mustafi that sometimes can look lost. Monreal, <clears throat> if he's not playing like left back, at, at centre back, he does look somewhat lost if, if nobody's, you know, really giving him the shout or, or backing him up or helping him out. So I think that is where he, uh, I think Arsenal should also do that, you know, big investment come the summer. Because we do need, we do really need a, a world-class centre-back. We need to splash the cash. I mean, you saw how Van Dijk, Liverpool were very susceptible to conceding goals. Van Dijk came in and it kind of changed everything. And for me, and I don't want to jump ahead, get ahead of myself as an Arsenal fan, but if that home form can stay the same and we start picking up points away from home, we could actually be a real force. Yeah. And I mean, Arsenal, of course, now with regard to the match, Arsenal made two subs in the, in the 67th minute. Uh, Iwobi, Mkhitaryan came on, Ozil and Nakazi came off. Um, Napoli just kept out carving our chance of the chance. And, you know, this is what uh, I think I mentioned to you and a couple of my other friends, those like what's happening on the EU, like I think later on in the game. Or, sorry, after the game. Um, you know, the, the subs, I thought, were going to give us an ejection of pace and, and, and you know, a way bigger attacking threat. But I, I think, like, something like Iwobi and Mkhitaryan, they almost like, caused more problems for us being on. Because at one point, I was thinking to myself, you know, as much as I, I thought it would be better for Ozil to come off, I actually thought we were playing it better with Ozil, tiring Ozil and tiring uh, Lacazette. Because, I mean, these, like, Iwobi was running into, like, you know, blind alleys. And then also, when we were not trying to get the ball into their off, they were giving away needless fouls. So, I think Mkhitaryan was giving away fouls also on the halfway line. And I'm thinking, why? I mean, we already, you know, you need all hands to the pump right now. And you guys are giving away cheap free kicks, which is like, you know, just playing down their alley again. For, for, for me, I think that Emre should not have made those changes we had. Kind of Napoli, almost you would say against the ropes. I know they were attacking us, but there was still the danger of Lacazette and Uzel. And I feel yeah. if you are pushing for a third goal, that 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 could be to, to our detriment. Actually, this could be the moment where we realize that you know we lost the tie because of Emre kind of taking his foot off the pedal slightly. With we should have accelerated more and punished for the third, possibly. Look, I'm not a big fan of ESPN FC, eh? but. I was listening to 
look, like, uh, for normally about 80 or 90 percent, they're normally criticizing us, whether it's good or bad, the result for us. But I mean, one point where I do agree with, I think that one former Arsenal player, that Mariner guy, and he was saying he would have taken Lacazette and, and Ozil off once when he got that third goal. But he said up till yeah. then, keep, he said they were, like, I mean, like they had not, didn't, at, at some points, like with, when we did not go forward, they did not have a real answer to what Lacazette was offering in Aubameyang as a, as a uh, duo. And, and of course, there were also, of course, for, for parts, they were now blocking his path. And, but I mean, there were also parts, and later on in that, that, that first part of the second half, where he was on the, you know, starting to stretch them again, you know, getting into little pockets again. Because look, with Napoli now getting more and more adventure chasing, you know, in one away goal. But as I said, and then of course, with El Nenny coming on, I, I mean, I got so angry at one point, I think, where I messaged you, where I said, I mean, what is El Nini doing? I mean, he's, he was just running. Like, you know, the game was going, you know, high, high tempo with Napoli, you know, on the front foot. We, of course, need to now protect this lead on the event. And you see, every time they almost like one man extra because El Nini is not doing his job of, of trying to press or close down. So I just thought to myself, that what was the use of bringing him on? The, the worrying thing for me now comes that everybody still believe that Napoli will overturn a 2-0 deficit with ease. And I mean, Arsenal is not your, no disrespect, it's not like the Rennes or or like or the Bate Barisovs where, you know, a 2-0 lead can be overturned. But they're like talking about, is our waveform that bad that us being 2-0 up against Napoli still means nothing going to Naples? Mm. No, because I mean, I haven't even heard somebody say, even if we had, if we had scored four or five, we'd still be under threat in Napoli. I mean, that, that, of course, it's over the top criticism, but I mean, it just shows you what people think of our way of defending. And more often than not, as much as we try to, you know, prove the doubters wrong or, you know, have a go at critics, but I mean, then they end up doing calamitous things at the back and we end up paying for a tenfold because, I mean, for me, the way this game was going, especially. You know, the way the first half was ending and, and the second half started, I started getting flashbacks of that game against Atletico with the Emirates, where I thought one, we were cruising one point in the game and afterwards it took one silly mistake and bang, they into it. And that was what I was worried the whole time. Because for me, you know, as, as comfortable as I, I, I felt with my feet up first half, second half I was edge of my seat because I'm thinking, oh shit, I don't want to concede a goal now. That's me as well. And I think Ramsey could have had a hat-trick actually on the 58th minute. Kolasinac played him in a, a nice ball from the left flank. Ramsey, you know, hit a shot in which the keeper got like a, a solid hand, two solid hands to it. And then we could go to the one with Bukhari and also, you know, 45 to him and he blasted it over the poles. And I thought, oh, this was it. This could have been it. And I think that, that, that you mentioned uh, wasn't Mkhitaryan actually expecting the return pass something like that because I think he still had a go at Ramsey for that because I think he actually pulled himself you know in an open space in the box so I thought you I think he was expecting the rollback just to tap in type of thing but I think Ramsey just wanted to you know his name in flashing lights oh, and I think the one thing as well that keeper made that save with Ainsley Maitland-Niles on the 58th minute he hit the ball into the ground, almost like scuffed his volley, and the keeper just got his fingertips to knock it over for a corner. I, th 
I, I really thought we could have been five 0 up, and it's not even an exaggeration. Arsenal should take the chances, and I hope it doesn't come back to bite us. My question for you I is: mean, we saw I have a question for you. How would you go to Naples and approach the game? Would you go for that away goal and score it so that they need to score four, or would you set out to be difficult to break down? Look, I think <clears throat> we are a team that can score, you know, no doubt. But I would not risk a 3-5-2. I mean, look, of course, he's going to probably prove us now all wrong, and he will probably go say 3-5-2. But I'm just saying, like, my point of view, I would go four at the back, and you have, like, the strongest back four that we have. Um, and then maybe two holding mids. You know, almost like just to add to the frustration. And kind of, you know, it was like, if I can put it like this, Try to flood that midfield as best you can. Because, look, we know we've got the speed of, say, up. I mean, even if you're going to have Aubameyang and Lacazette playing, but you have maybe Aubameyang as your winger and you have uh, Lacazette as an outlet. But, I would, like I said, I would, it would, it would my build-up or make-up of the team would actually be the graft. We would need grafters in a game, like I said, especially now away from home. We're going to need people that's going to work hard, it's going to work the socks off to, to get the, you know, get the ball, win the ball back. It's not something like a counter because I think we can probably get you know we can scrape an away goal. I'm I'm sure, but I just think because I, I don't know if you recall in that first half. I mean, but for some of the corners in the beginning were bad. We were actually winning a lot of aerial balls also. Yeah, because unlike the Napoli at times did not want to get involved in any of that that aerial tackles. But for look, Bali with his defensive attack, he was throwing his body on the line for everything. But other than that. Most of them were like backing out of of areas, like rather opting to get a free kick or something like that for something physical. But I think that is where we could probably sneak something in. But as I said, four at the back, probably five in midfield and one up front. I think I'm in agreement of that. But for for a piece, a part of me knows that I think we do need a waggle to go through to the next round. I think just for that, that just that factor, because it would really mess up their mind also, like. Knowing that you're gonna have to score four, and I mean, if we yeah, can that... play a, a game, yeah. No, no, carry on, sorry, carry on. No, I mean, like if we just know we can play a solid game and and be a bit more difficult to break down. Because look, we also rode our luck in that in that second half, so you know, so I don't really breathe that much confidence to the defense. So I mean, I think that we do need where <clears throat> you know you can like you know having Socrates on his game having. Uh, say Koscielny, you know, a top of his game as well, physically as well. And then, of course, you have Monreal would be now more, because I, th- I don't think we need to have a Colosseum that's just going to, you know, be bombing down that left leg. I think play a, a easy, a, a kind of cautious game, but just try to suck a punch. Because I think they, they could be got that, I think, because like watching certain parts of their game, because Insignia is the guy that, that makes this thing tick. And I think if you can somehow Quiet him down or cut you, that, 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 that outlet to him. I think that you off the job is done. But the problem for me as well now is we play on Monday night against Watford. A Monday night game, and mm-hmm. we play Thursday night. And for me, I'm not a fan that the, the like, I thought that maybe the FA could or like the Premier League could possibly push their game to the Sunday since we're playing the, the, um, the Thursday night. So I feel now there's going to be a lot of pressure mm-hmm. now on team selection. Like, how do you go against Watford? Yeah. Do you go strong against Watford or do you mix it up? Or like, you know, if if scoring that third and fourth goal could have made the dilemma slightly easier as well. 
Like the watch fight. Yeah, you can play wherever you you, yeah. you want to play. But it's almost like we call the situation now, you know, now where we have to play a, a full strength team. Yeah, so okay, we pull it up on the Napoli game now. We switch our teams now to the Watford game. Another tough Premier League game coming up. Uh, this time in the season has been Troidini, nine goals, five assists. I think he's up to stats is about 6.7. Uh, the defend the top defender is uh, that Jose Olebas. I think he's averaging about seven a game, and the top midfielder is Etienne Kapui, rated at seven point two. So I mean, that is like three already three players in this spine that we need to really take care of in a game like this. Because I mean, look, it's going to be a vital game, especially you know in the you know inside with that other game coming up also in the uh, game against Napoli. So, I mean, it should be a lot of scrap, especially going into this game without Socrates suspended for the next two Premier League games. Uh, that, that, that's a bit of a struggle because he normally adds the solidity at the back for Arsenal, especially when him and Koscielny play together. I feel much safer when the two of them are together. For me, I think a guy we also need to watch out is for that Gerard Delfoyo, Delfoyo, however you pronounce yeah. his name, because he's been the thorn... We saw what happened. I don't know if you watched the FA Cup semi-final. He came off from the bench and he caused havoc against Wolves. Yeah, and I mean, he kept on, uh, you know, getting runs at it, you know, at, at Wolves and the Wolves almost like more backing off instead of attacking him. And I think he loves that, you know, he'll, you know, throw, like, draw you into a tackle and then he'll just skip past you. Uh, you know, watching him, uh, like, with, you know, mentioning the, the Wolves game, when I was Watching him like just his, his cameo substitute performance, I just thought myself. You can see he's a you know boss, a youth player. The way just watching that, the movement, the thinking, and I mean it's amazing that you know Watford now snaps up somebody like that to play for them. Uh, I wonder, you know, if it wouldn't be uh, it wouldn't be a gamble with a gamble to you know maybe bring him into the Arsenal side. I know he was at you know all over and he couldn't act it, but. Do you maybe think uh, uh, bringing him to Arsenal as a, a winger with his pure pace could work at the club? It could, but I mean, look, at the moment, we're looking now for somebody, you know, like the, the raw, you know, like a, a genuine winger, like out-and-out winger. And I mean, look like uh, we mentioned that Pepe guy that was uh, linked to us, that, that uh, Ismail Saar is also now linked to us. And I think who was the other one that Ryan Frey is also of Bournemouth. So I think we do need that raw talent that you know they can not only draw you out as as like you know with with wing play natural wing play, but also can you know with this, with regard to distribution can really you know whipping a ball to get in the box for our attackers or attacking midfielders to go for. I, I think I would like it a Lazano guy from PSV. I don't know if anybody's in for him as yet, but. He's somebody I would definitely like try to bring to the club because he also has that raw, rawness about that raw pace. He, he has trickery, and I think there's something Arsenal maybe also miss away from home, especially because if you can be solid away from home and play balls over the top, you you making the opposition think they they can't just push a high line on you. And I mean, we also need a type of like out and out winger. You know, you can actually draw fouls for a penalty. We don't have that really. Yeah, we, we just have those, you know, the central type guys and that just, you know, try to either look for the through ball pass or to make the run. We don't have 
like you mentioned now, somebody that's going to, you know, take you all the way to the box and make you think, do I dive in or don't I dive in? I mean, uh, for me, sometimes uh, that is something I think we, we uh, Colosina just gets put in almost like in a league of his own because he is somebody that's going to take you on. I mean, sometimes he's, he's the thought process goes a bit awry when he, when he gets into the box. As you can see, he doesn't know whether to hit the ball low or he doesn't know whether to chip it into the box. But just to get himself into that position, that is the type of player we are looking for, that that sort of winger. But, you know, of course, with you know better distribution and, and, and the, the quick mindset to know, okay, this time I'm going to hit it, uh, like a, just smash it across the six-yard box. Or this time I'm just going to loop it over the keeper and see who attacks on the far post, something like that. That is what we need. You know, I look, I look back at, at things now and like, you know, if only uh, uh, an Alexis Sanchez, like, you know, wasn't so greedy to leave Arsenal for the money, if he would have stayed at the club. I mean, imagine him now with the Lacazette and uh, Aubameyang up front with maybe a Ouzel behind him and the protection of Torreira and maybe Xhaka. I think we would have caused havoc. So we do need uh, a winger that's going to take a game to the opposition. And now we switch also attention to the Napoli away tie, you know, as we close the rounding off the podcast. Um, technically, Emery, uh, we need an Emery masterclass, let me put it like that rather. Because only a squad of grafters are going to take, you know, going to take us to where we need to be because <clears throat> this is not going to be a game we can really take passengers along. Because, look, we're going to be now probably in, uh, on the back foot for most parts. Uh I think we will need a team effort to nullify Napoli as best as we can. Because I think, as we mentioned now, you know, as we touched on before, the more frustration we add, and we maybe look that crowd is going to also be rocking. We all know that that Naples crowd, or you know, especially the ultras, they're going to have the right go at us, whether it's on the field or off the field as well. So I think that is where we need to nullify them as best we can, frustrate them, and almost like as you said, or normally in other podcasts. You know, where the away fans can start getting on your back. Yes. Like, if they know, look, the channel to come through. Frustrate like that. Frustrate, frustrate. I think Arsenal should try to, you know, soak up the pressure and then eat them on the counter-attack. But for me, they cannot, and I repeat, they cannot let Napoli get a goal in the first 15 minutes. Not that they can get goals afterwards, but that first 15 minutes is crucial. Because if we let Napoli score early, Everything goes out the window then. And then there's pressure on Arsenal. And we don't you know Arsenal under pressure away from home. It's not something we want to see. I mean I think we should, take it, yeah, go on, go on. we should take it as a as a batsman, you know, in cricket, get to the first ten, like your first ten, then your next ten, then your next ten. So for Arsenal should be first fifteen minutes, keep it null null. Then push for the the next fifteen minutes, null null, and then push to half time and maybe we null null at half time. Like, you know, that puts more pressure on them to come out and we can exploit spaces. Yeah. I mean, my final take will be, you know, play a compact game, flood the midfield and defence with bodies and force Napoli to change their approach. You know, like like we force them to change their whole attacking or whatever dimension of their game plan against us. Sounds like a good plan and sounds like if you were coach of Arsenal, we probably would be going to the semi-finals. <laughs> <laughs> Touch wood. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'd like to wrap off the podcast, uh, wrap up the podcast now. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the pod. Uh, let's hope we can get the positive result uh, result on Monday. We really need it, especially in the top one. Hope you guys enjoy the game. Bye.
Well, guys, and uh, we really appreciate your support. Thank you. <laughs>